Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, and I brought his hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 126 of the Hoopers Log. My name is Simo Buckets, and we are here on a Tuesday. Yes, a Tuesday night on the Hoopers Log, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern here, episode 126 in the Seat Geek Studios. The phone line is 323-642-1558. My name is Simo Buckets. Andrew Norris is on the line. Andrew, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing good, man. I am... Uh... Fresh off Hecklin, I think every Oakland Athletics player on the entire roster last night as I sat first row behind home plate about about five feet away from the on-deck circle. Um, so that was, I mean, that was just fun, man. I mean, we were just we were just all laying in them, into them the whole section. Going again tomorrow. Uh, so it will be an early show, everybody. Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. Um you know, not really sure on, on the length of the show. Uh, it'll be at least 15 minutes, but we're not going to have much to talk about. But I'm doing good, man. How, how are you, Chris? Well, I'm doing a lot better than uh, Blake Griffin and uh, Chris Paul. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. I probably, I probably shouldn't have said that, right? I'm doing better than Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Now, again, I don't wish injuries upon anybody. And you heard me talk about that yesterday on the Monday show about Steph Curry. But it, this is out of hand. I mean, we've lost now three big-time players in the NBA, and Steph Curry, uh, you know, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and the sad news from yesterday between the two t- guys, as we all know, uh, now Chris Paul out between three to six weeks with a broken hand, more than likely five weeks or six weeks uh, at that length with what he's got. And then also Blake Griffin out with a really bad, uh, really bad uh, groin. I believe that's what I heard uh, correctly, or or whatnot, or or you know whatever. He's he's hurt. He's out for the playoffs. Uh, and for that, you know, it's it's a bummer for the common fan. It's a bummer for us covering the game. Um, injuries are just. I mean, they're a part of the game. They're a part of the deal. Uh, but it is frustrating to see two of the best teams with two of their with their best players out. And for that next round series between one of those two teams, if, if the Trailblazers don't make it, um, you talk about a very frustrating circumstance there uh, with that. Obviously, other games going on as well, but that's really the main story when it comes to the game of basketball and what's going on ahead. Andrew, you ready to get it going? Ready to get started? Let's do it. Let's get it done. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Uh, last night in the NBA, there were three games on the schedule. Yes, three games. Two of them were game fours, and one was a decisive game five between the Thunder and uh, Dallas Mavericks last night. And if you can hear cars in the background, I live in the ghetto called Lakewood in the Pacific Northwest. I apologize for that. Uh, anyway, uh, the Thunder uh, win 118-104 to 104 over the Dallas Mavericks, Oklahoma City getting it done, and Russell Westbrook going off for a dominating performance the way only Russell Westbrook could do. Russell Westbrook, the day after Mark Cuban said he wasn't a superstar, 36 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists, a steal, and uh, a decisive victory win for them. And Kevin Durant helped out himself, 33 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. This team is poised, ready to go, ready to get to the NBA second round, and who knows – as a Spurs fan, I'll tell you this much. I am terrified of the Thunder 
because Russell Westbrook always scares the living daylights out of me from the perspective of, will he finally break uh, Tony Parker's tibia? Will he finally break Tony Parker's femur? Like, will he, will he finally break Tony Parker? Like, Tony Parker has been in the playoffs every single year of his career, and he's, 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 not, a 30, he's not a young spring chicken at 33. He's more like a 45-year-old basketball player with his Spurs team, considering. And Russell Westbrook is just the most explosive player in the league, and I worry as a Spurs fan. But knowing last night, you know, obviously the, the conversation then shifted today to Dirk Nowitzki potentially retiring. He says he feels great. He says he feels fantastic. He turns 38 within the next month. Uh, I think Dirk Nowitzki's got another couple of years, and with the way he plays, this guy can play till he's 41, 42, if he so desires. Now, will he be effective? Will he be a great basketball player? Will he be good? I don't think so. You can already tell he's nowhere near what he used to be. But with his patented fadeaway jumper, which in my opinion is now one of the greatest, if not the defining, yes, the defining shot in the NBA of this era. Think about it. How many players, big men, use his shot? Kevin Durant uses his shot. LaMarcus Aldridge uses his shot. There's a, so many. Kobe Bryant patented Well, maybe Kobe, maybe, maybe Dirk got it from Michael. But you know what I mean? Like, Dirk's shot really has given a big, the big man more of an opportunity to score the basket. And I've said it, and I've said it on Twitter multiple times. Dirk Nowitzki is probably the greatest scoring, scoring, uh, non-center seven-footer of all time. I mean, if you really narrow it down, he might be the greatest scoring player that is at his height. It's, it's crazy how effective he is. And for those of you that listen to me on a regular basis, I bash Steph Curry for a lot of reasons because I don't like him and for reasons that I think he's a little overrated for. But, you know, there was a point in time where if you go back in the time, uh, you know, the hot tub time machine, if you go back in time, uh, I did not like – uh, I did not like Dirk Nowitzki. I hated, I hated Dirk Nowitzki. Now, it was more because I was young and because Dallas was a rival, and Dirk Nowitzki bothered me because he was a very, very soft seven-footer, and he just, he just bugged me. He still bugs me, but you know what? The guy is sixth all-time in scoring. He keeps doing it, and he's consistent, and he wins, and he gets his team to the playoffs, and he's gritty, and he just gets it done. And you know what? His move has truly defined a generation for big men to improve. So for that, you got to give it up for Dirk Nowitzki. And I think he's going to come back for the Mavericks. He said that the moment the Mavs aren't competitive, that he'll probably hang it up. He's probably realistically only going to play one more season, two at the max. But the Mavericks are done. Thunder going on to the next series. Andrew, what was your take from this series? And uh, what was your take from uh, this game? Well, I mean, the, the Mavericks just don't have the talent to hang with the Thunder. They, they really had a good showing for how far apart this series really is talent-wise. And I think Rick Carlisle is a big reason for that. Um, yes. You know, I mean, you got to look at the team. you got a washed-up Aaron Williams. I don't want to say a washed-up Dirk because he still averages 17 points and, like, eight rebounds. He's still a, a, an all-star caliber player, which is amazing. You know, I, I, look where he's at. He, and he he's the most underrated, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players of all time. Um, I think yes. you can make a case for Dirk Nowitzki to be a top 15 player in the history of the NBA. Yep. I really do. Now, nobody's going to get mm-hmm. him higher than top 20 at most. At most, um, But you really saw, you know, uh, for him, washed-up version of himself, Darren Williams. I mean, J.J. Barea might be the third-best player on that team. And, and yeah. they won a game against Oklahoma City Thunder. They made the playoffs showing the effect Dirk still just has on and off the court. Um, so, you know, this series was better than I thought it was going to be, even though it only went five. Just, uh, and, and you know what? I think it showed that the Mavericks could be back in a similar position next year. Um, I don't think they're necessarily just going to, you know, lose ten more games. Because I don't think Dirk's getting much worse. You know, I, no, and Darren yeah. Williams might be healthy the whole year, and that team might not run into so many injuries. They'll still have Rick Carlisle. Series that showed they still have fighting them. They still have maybe a year or two left to be a playoff contender. Um, but you know, it, it's almost time to start thinking about rebuilding. 
Well, yes, yeah, and they're they're kind of in the same in a lesser uh, drastic uh, you know delirious situation that the Lakers are in. They're still a very old team. They're a team that, like you said, needs to rebuild. Uh, it's getting to that time. We've been saying that. We even said that before the season this year that this is a team looking that needs to rebuild soon. Um, and Dirk, not that Dirk needs to go because he doesn't. He doesn't need to go anywhere. They can rebuild around him. The problem is Dirk won't want to have anyone rebuild. Not that he doesn't want them to get better or improve. Obviously, that's the, if that's the case. But he doesn't want them to fully blow up the team and then just have him rebuild. He, he even said that. If that happens, he'll leave. Um, but – this team also has assets that other teams could use. I mean, they could find a way come draft time. You know, the draft's only about a month and a half away, two um, two months away now at this point. And, you know, realistically, this team has some assets that they can move and potentially uh, drop on in to a potential uh, lottery pick. Not Not a top 10 pick, but like, you know, a top 12, top 13 type pick and maybe even uh, build up, build up a, a, a rock. Well, Chris, we lost you. Um, I know you'll hop back on in a second here. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if the Mavericks, if the Mavericks, you know, it, it's almost time. It's been time for them to do a rebuild. But when you have a legend like Dirk, you just gotta kind of wait. It's the same situation as Kobe, just not as blown up. You have to wait for that legend to be either ready to go or ready to rebuild before you can do it. Before you can legitimately rebuild. Um, Kobe never let his team legitimately rebuild because he would still – I mean, he shot 52 freaking times in his last game. Um, you know, so we, they were never in a position to actually rebuild. Now, you know, I think Dirk's going to give it one more run, see maybe if they can get some pieces in the off season this year, and then it's time for that full-blown rebuild for the Dallas Mavericks. Chris, you there? Yeah, and I agree. With, right. I agree with that. I agree with you. Yeah, sometimes when you're in the Pacific Northwest and the clouds come, the, I just fall off the line and I disappear. Uh, that's what happened. But I agree with you. I mean, for the most part of what you said, I agree with you there. Let's move on to these next games. Obviously, I, I fell off the line there. Let's get on going. Uh, the next game on the docket, the first game of the day, obviously Charlotte tying up the series 2-2 now with the Miami Heat winning 89-85. to Kemba Walker unbelievable basketball game by him 34 points on 13 to 28 shooting four rebounds this guy came in and wanted to get this done and you saw the Kemba Walker that you saw back at UConn in this one wanting to will his team to a victory a big time performance there by them as they get it done now tying the series 2-2 and now when you look at the postseasons and you look at the postseason you look at how many teams are tied 2-2 there are a ton of series tied at 2-2 right now as we speak going into the fourth quarter. Uh, newsflash, this Indiana Pacers team, did I say it or not before the season? Did I say it? Okay, but they're shocking everybody. They are. They're doing it. I'm just going to keep a low profile. 90-77 to 77 going into the fourth quarter on the road, game five in Toronto. Big time. Big time game there for Indiana. Paul George showing up playing like the moneymaker that he is right now. 37 points heading into the fourth, seven assists. That right there, people, if you want the definition of an MVP player, that is an MVP performance right there. Without Paul George, that team is garbage. That is just a flat-out fact. You saw it last year, and this team is competing at the highest level against the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. And as we know, from two through eight, it's really a wash. Really, Detroit, if Detroit was in this situation, I think they'd beat Toronto, especially with how bad that backcourt's been playing for Toronto. I think anybody right now, maybe the Heat, uh, the the Heat, Celtics, Hawks, I think all these teams could beat Toronto right now with the way that they've been playing. That's not the uh-uh, problem, Toronto. They just come back. Toronto's winning You think this so? Game. Toronto is winning okay, well, this game. Okay, well, we'll be, we'll be on the air by the time the game's over. So, okay, we'll, we'll put a bet on it, $5. I'll get, put it in my PayPal. I'll give it to you after the game if they come back. All right, anyway, uh, anyway, Pacers are up 90-79. to 79. That's, that, that's tied 2-2. Another game tonight at 5.30 p.m. Pacific coming up here after the, the Pacers-Raptors uh, 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 game uh, is Boston and Atlanta in Atlanta for game five. There's a lot of game fives coming up in the in the playoffs. And, I mean, even Portland and the Clippers, which we'll get to in a moment. Everyone wants to hear us on our take. But the, the Charlotte Hornets got it done over the heat last night, 89-85. Andrew, what was your take on that one? Uh, I'm excited. I want to see a seven-game series there. Yeah. Um, and really, can, can we just be honest? Heat 
Twitter is the worst thing to ever happen to anything. Heat Twitter is five times yeah. worse than Warriors Twitter, a hundred times worse than Cavs Twitter, a thousand times worse than New England New England Patriots Twitter. Which New England Patriots Twitter is about as bad as they come. Uh, but Heat Twitter is the worst. Okay, and I I am a Heat. I'm not a Heat fan, but I I I will root for them. But you guys need to all calm down, okay? You're not winning a championship. Um, you you know you're not no. beating LeBron. You're you might make an Eastern Conference Finals, which is huge, which is huge. But you're not getting much better from this point because everything you gain with Richardson and Justice, you're gonna lose with Wade, with Bosh, with Dang. You know Gerald Green had a career year this year, so I secretly want to see Heat Twitter get shut up. Kind of like I wanted to see Celtic Twitter get shut up, just for the fun of watching them all just crumble, just just all get destroyed. Yep. Um, you know, and and I still think the Heat win the series, and and you know I'm I'm also a Pistons fan. Pistons Twitter and Heat Twitter uh, don't exactly get along, uh, as everybody who's involved in these two fan bases know. Uh, as the Raptors just hit, oh, I thought they hit a three. Uh, but, you know, this series could get fun, and it's a shame that Nicholas Batum's out uh, because he might be their best yeah. player. Uh, so, you know, you know, it's just a good – It's I'm so happy because this first round started out so bad. So yeah. bad. And now the home teams just keep winning those, so now it's 2-2, two, 2-2, two, 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 two. You know, there's going to be the 1-8, one, 2-7 one, series. Um but now you look at this Clippers series, and if the Clippers could win the next game, that's when it gets really interesting. Because I expect Portland to win two in a row, right? We'll get to and, that. Yeah. And if the Clippers, if the Clippers could win it, that's when it gets interesting. I'm getting off track, but I'm just, I'm just trying yeah, to yeah. point, point out how fun this, this first round could actually end up being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know the Heat, the Heat really blew their shot. They had to win one road game, and they had this series wrapped up. That's the great part about home court advantage. If you get up to nothing, you have a chance to basically wrap up the series in game three, you know, or even if you lose game three, game four. They're not coming back down three games to one, okay? So the Heat blew it, you know, and now the Heat got to be thinking. Everybody on that, you know, all the young players are starting to think. If they get down even, you know, eight, nine, ten points at one point in the game, that's when it's, oh, God, we're about to be down three, two. Are we really going to blow this? Of course, you got guys like Dwayne Wade and Luau Bang who aren't going to be thinking that. But look how right. how many young players are on this Heat roster. Um, and they came up big all year, but, you know, uh, a tied series close late in a playoff game is an entire different animal. Um, so I, I'm very happy it's 2-2 from the aspect of I've enjoyed watching Heat Twitter just kind of squirm and squeal and get nervous. Um, and it's just it, it's good for the game of basketball. It's, it's what I want to watch. I don't want to watch a team going for a sweep. I want to watch a team right. in game seven, Dwayne Wade taking the ball down the court with six minutes left in a four-point game. I know that's a weird Every scenario, team of my but... team. <laughs> yeah, every team but my team. My team, I want them to sweep. I want them to sweep everybody. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and, and by the way, the Raptors have cut it to nine, and the Pacers almost just turned it over. They're looking uh, a little bit shook up. I see Jay Miles just. Almost hit a three. Um, so, you know, it, it's good. I, it's good. I'm happy with it. Um, and But I think you're going to see some vintage Dwayne Wade over the next two to three games. Yeah. It's interesting you mention the the Heat Twitter going off the way they have. Look, and, it, and it's fascinating that any other Twitter account outside of the Cavalier Twitter account should be really – should be the one really going off. I mean, I mean, just look at this. This – look. And it, it's been cut to seven now. Uh, Pacers and Raptors cut to seven with about eight and a half minutes to go. And it's, look, tied 2-2 there. It's tied 2-2 between Boston and Atlanta. And it's tied 2-2 between Miami and Charlotte. Look, and, and we've said it from the get-go. The only team that's probably going to challenge Cleveland in the, first, in, in the NBA playoffs is Detroit from the standpoint of size and personnel and what they have off the bench, and everything like that. And, and the, all of these other teams in the East are so even, but except for, except for the, the, the Cavs. And the difference the Cavs have 
is that down the stretch, they know who they can give the ball to. They know who's going to hit the game winners or who's going to keep the game close or who's going to ultimately decide where the fate of the team is going to be. It's going to be 95% LeBron, 2% Kevin Love, and 3% Kyrie Irving. I mean, we all know it's going to LeBron late in the game, and then he's going to dish it out to either Kyrie, JR, uh, whoever else is out on the perimeter, going to pull up for a mid-range and swing it back out. That's what the Cavs do, and they've been doing that all year long. And the Detroit Pistons were going to be the toughest team because inside presence and also personnel was going to be a tough matchup. And they swept them. And they swept them. Yes, the games were competitive. And the Pistons, as I said yesterday, unbelievable series, considering they got swept a lot like the Celtics from last year. The Celtics got swept, but they kept each game very close and tight. So did the Pistons. And you can even make the case the Pistons were more impressive from the standpoint of they looked, they looked like they were going to steal some serious games, especially in game, game one. Uh, there, there was multiple times in many of these games the Pistons looked very good. Um, but just ultimately the Cavs took it out. But that's what championship quality teams do. And each of these other teams in the Eastern Conference, you're seeing it from the heat, up 2-0, dominating fashion in the first two games. Now, barely squeaking out 80 points in games, and Charlotte's finding a way to win without their maybe their best player, Nicholas Batum. That's, that's, the, that's the mediocrity or the, or the parity level of the Eastern Conference. Then the Pacers. The Pacers could have easily been a three-seed as the Heat are. They're tied with the Toronto Raptors on the road. You know, and they're right now they're leading in the fourth quarter. Boston and Atlanta. Atlanta looked amazing in, in many games, but they found a way to choke or not play well in certain games. That's why the series is now tied 2-2. And we're going to see what's going to happen. And I wouldn't be shocked if all three of these uh, first-round first matchups outside of the Cavs matchup are all seven-game series. And, and I don't think anyone else out there would be either because it's so parity-driven. And the second round, Whoever the Pacers play, Pacers or Raptors or Charlotte or Miami play, that's also probably going to go seven because they're so parity-driven. They're just going to beat each other up. They're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then once they get there, the Cavs are going to be fully rested, probably playing off a five-game series, either playing Atlanta or Boston. And they're going to rest for a week, week and a half, two weeks. You know how the playoffs go, maybe a year. Um, And then they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals with a healthy Kyrie, a healthy Kevin Love, a bigger team, a healthy LeBron James. I'll just keep going, and they'll probably sweep them too. And then they'll get to the NBA Finals where they'll play a beat-up. We know what's going to happen. Look, if, you, if, you're, if you're dumb as a, a bat and think that the Cavs aren't going to be the healthiest team walking through this playoff, playoff series this, this year, you're, you're crazy because this is going to be the healthiest team walking through the playoffs this year. And honestly, they may have the easiest path, not because they play in the East, but just because of the fact that everybody else is so parity, so close to one another, and in the, the NBA, in the West, is so all the top teams are going to beat each other up. That once the Cavs do get to the finals, they're going to be the team that's rested, ready to go, and they're going to—they're people. They're much better than last year. Like last year, they were just figuring things out, and they just scrambled and found a way to dominate in the postseason and barely get to the finals without their top two players. So think about that. I mean, this team is way better than last year. And so if you think that they're just going to get stomped in the finals, you're absolutely out of your mind. They're way better. I think they're a much better team. Anyway, the game we all want to talk about, the game we all were here to listen to, uh, pa- uh, Portland and Clippers. Look, if, if you weren't bummed about what happened in, uh, I think it was the third quarter when Chris Paul went out, and obviously Blake Griffin when he went out uh, early in the fourth or late in the fourth, um, or that, that somewhere in between in the third quarter, something like that, late in the second half, if you weren't bummed out about Chris Paul getting hurt and then Blake Griffin getting hurt, I mean, it was it was one of those things where you just felt the weight of not just pressure and the you know the the anticipation and the excitement of a Clipper fan, but you just felt like it, it was over. Like it just feels like now that the the grave the grave site's been dug, the uh, the the obituary's been written. It's all just re- getting ready to be to be drawn out, and the casket's ready to be dropped in. The obituary's ready to be pressed out. I mean, it's it's that close. I mean, the, the Clippers now leading 2-0, dominating in the first two games, and Portland took their game in game th- game three at home, obviously. But then last night, the Clippers and, and Portland were playing great basketball, and the next thing you know, Chris Paul breaks his hand in, in a fluky, very fluky grabbing of the jersey of, uh, I believe, Gerald Henderson, if I'm not mistaken, as Gerald Henderson drives to the rack, and, and he breaks his hand, and then Blake Griffin gets hurt again, and it's just all of the air 
just kind of went out of Twitter. It went out of the uh, the social landscape of watching the game. I mean, it was like, oh, my, I don't really even care about what the Clippers do anymore. I just hope they stay healthy. Like, I just hope no one else gets hurt. I hope I hope Damian Lillard doesn't pull something. I hope, you know, because obviously with the whole Steph Curry thing happening the night before, you're thinking, oh, man. Uh, you know, and as a Spurs fan, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm so glad we're not playing right now because I think this week is cursed. I'm, I'm waiting for an injury tonight. Like, it's crazy. Andrew, what was your take on this game last night? First of all, Toronto has cut it to two points. It is now a two-point Rap. game. But, man, I mean, it's how, how – even even if you don't like Chris Paul, everybody knows that that guy works as hard or harder than everybody in the entire league as the Raptors tie it up. Um, I mean, it's, it's a guy who, you know, his whole life he hasn't had great teams, especially when he was in New Orleans. Um, and then kind of was with an island of misfit toys to start his Clipper career. And it looked like this year was the year they could finally put it all together. But, you know, it, when when freak things like this happen, I really think it could lead to one of two things. Either the complete breakup of this team or Chris Paul is going to recruit the hell out of Kevin Durant, and you're going to see a sign-and-trade with Blake Griffin. Can you imagine how perfect this big three is? Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan. You got one guy who can shoot the ball 100 times in a game and not think twice about it. You got another guy who can shoot a lot, but he'd rather pass. And you got another guy who doesn't need to shoot the ball at all to be one of the more effective players on the court. That team right there is a championship contender. And, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but let's be – I mean, I don't think they got a shot against the Trailblazers. I really don't think they have a shot. Um, you know, the, the Trailblazers are, are are way better than we anticipated coming into the year. And it's not a fluke at this point. I know some people still think of them as a team who lost four out of five starters. But guess what? They replaced them with four – to five starters. You know, their bench has a couple right. people who could start. Um, so I think Damian Lillard, T.J. McCollum, Plumlee, I, I think those guys are primed to just win the next two. And let's not forget, you know, these guys aren't robots. Losing Blake no. Griffin and Chris Paul for the whole playoffs in the same game, they're going to come to the court saying, what's the point? You know, we're not winning right. anything. We're not beating the Warriors if we get past. Now, the Trailblazers – as they've showed this year, are too dumb to know otherwise. And I mean that as a compliment. They're too right. dumb to know, hey, we are not. We don't have a good enough roster. Um, so they're going to come out and play like nobody's gone, play like they are on the verge of a championship, and, and, and take the series, I think. But, you know, you, you hope it's something that the Clippers don't have to break up over, unless, of course, you know, it leads to getting Kevin Durant, then that's a whole different story. But <laughs> it's a uh, – it's terrible, man. I feel so bad, not only for Chris Paul, but for the entire franchise. I mean, all the work these guys put in every single day on the court yeah. for hours and hours, and then in one night, everything comes crashing down. And I know you never want to root for an injury, but when Steph Curry got hurt, they got a lot of hope. I mean, they got a lot of hope when Steph Curry got hurt. And then, you know, 24 hours later, their season is, over. I mean, they could get to the next round if if they went pull a couple of upsets here against Portland. But even if they do, they're getting swept by Golden State with or without Steph Curry, without Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Um, so it, it it was it was for me it was one of those just heartbreaking sports moments that you never want to see. Um, it, it made my stomach curl. Just you could see Chris Paul knew something was bad. Yeah. And, and then yeah. when you got that update today that. You know, he was out for the rest of the playoffs. And then you, Blake Griffin's out for the rest of the playoffs. Um, just terrible luck. And if that doesn't define the L.A. Clippers as a as a whole, as their franchise history, I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing that's unfortunate, and I was thinking about this during the game last night while the injuries took place, you know, from the night before and obviously all the, all the concern of Steph Curry being hurt, you know, obviously being, you know, probably – more than likely going to win MVP. Obviously, he's going to win MVP. But uh, but but knowing that you know he got hurt and everyone was already upset and everyone on TNT had this serious everyone had this serious look on their face about Steph Curry being hurt on TNT and everything, but pulling off you know trying to play like they actually like really truly and I everyone doesn't want to see anyone hurt. 
But to say, you know, like, be I've never seen people this upset about one guy being hurt, Steph Curry. But then to compound it with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul all in one night, it, it really made me just kind of step back and be like, you know what, I remember last season. I mean, we talked about this last year. We talked about this before the season, Andrew, about how last season went a lot. And I mean, last year was an anomaly. Last year, there were so many Injuries. I mean, it was outrageous how many guys got hurt last year. It was off the chain crazy how many guys got hurt last year. And this year was a completely different story. A lot of guys stayed healthy. A lot of guys came back from rehab and looked really good and played like their old selves. And and then now it's like everyone is now looking like they're looking like they're 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 frail and they're and they're fragile. And and what's frustrating is that all it does is hurt the fans. All it does is hurt uh, the, the, the spectator and, and the person who is the, the consumer. It, it hurts the consumer. I mean, especially the consumer with State Farm and all their commercials and their main guy. Actually, two of their main guys, Steph Curry was a, was a part of some of their commercials uh, earlier on, and obviously Steph Curry being you know the, 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 the spokesperson for – pretty much the spokesperson for Under Armour in the basketball world. Um, and then you have, uh, and then you have Chris Paul with State Farm. I mean, you lose those sponsors. It's like people are going to be watching these games. Like, who are these guys? Like, oh crap, they're hurt. You know, like, and, and it was the same thing last year with a bunch of guys getting hurt. And this year, it's like watching, you know, that whole transparency of what happened last year, all of last year, happened in two days. And it's like, crap, man. Like, what's going on? These guys just keep getting hurt, and it's frustrating, and it's just taking away from what we want to see, which is a great, unbelievable. Uh, you know, second round matchup that we all want to that we all want to see in the second round between the Clippers and Warriors, and now that's looking like it's not going to happen. Other news in the world of basketball before we uh, before we get off the air and get out of here. Obviously, it's coming down the wire. Pacers and Raptors now tied at tied at ninety two, four and a half minutes to go. Uh, coming down the stretch, man, you talk about a run by the Toronto Raptors in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Toronto Raptors went on a 15-2 to two run in the fourth quarter with four and a half minutes to go. Uh, I'm eating my words as we speak. I'm probably going to have to put $5 in my PayPal account and send it to, to Andrew here in a moment. Uh, anyway, uh, Steve Kerr wins Coach of the Year in the NBA. And here's the thing, and I've been saying this over the last month. When it comes to the awards, I wouldn't have a problem with Steph uh, and we lost Chris again as the Raptors have taken the lead with four minutes left what a unbelievable unbelievable comeback I mean this this 95 to 92 left just under the four minute mark the, the Pacers have started committing offensive fouls turnovers I mean Stupid turnovers, too, and they're taking dumb shots as Monte Ellis just took a contested hand right in his eyes, three, with about ten seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, Chris is back, so Chris, go ahead and finish your point. Sorry about that. Gosh, I, I, it's like it's, it's not raining here. Everything's fine. Anyway, I'll back to the point. Um, but my point is, is like I wouldn't have had a problem if if Steve Kerr won the award, but Luke Walton got co co coach the award. Like this is this is the perfect example of why. You have a a, a, a two guy circumstance when it comes to the uh, coach of the year award. It, it really is. It's the perfect reason because you have a guy like you have a guy like uh, Steve Kerr who was out for forty two forty three games this year, and Luke Walton took over for those forty three games, and it was the greatest start in NBA history, all the way up until the very end when they finished with the greatest regular season in NBA history. A lot of that needs to be attributed to Luke Walton and even in the history books, for his record, because he wasn't the quote-unquote coach of the team, the head coach, he doesn't get recognized for that. And so for that, it's frustrating, and it's, it's, it's upsetting, and it's sad to see that be the case. Honestly, if you gave it to one independent coach, and, and to Steve Kerr's credit, he gave credit to, uh, he gave credit to a guy. Uh, and Luke Walton said, I'm the luckiest guy alive and knowing that I got the award. So for that, you got to give him credit. He's clearly going to treat it with class. Uh, but for that, we got a caller in the line uh, here on the SeatGeek Studio lines here on the show. Yes, I know it now. Line Absolutely. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you from? Hey, man, my name is Steve, and I'm calling from uh, from Everett. Awesome. Hey, how you doing? 
going man, on? I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing well, man. What's going on, Simo? Oh, is this? Wait a minute. Is this Steve Silver? Yeah, you know it is, baby. Oh, Steve Silver. Hey. Oh, Andrew. Long story with this guy. Well, not a long one. Quick one. Quick story. This guy. I, when I started in the radio thing, doing blog talk radio back uh, late 2013, early 2014, the year Kevin Durant won the MVP, you, pretty much he, he was the dominant force that year. Uh, I was talking to Steve Silver about baseball back in the day. I was with a guy named Marty Elm. I was doing a show called Speed Hump Sports. Uh, this was a guy that Marty reached out to so we could talk baseball before the season began. And uh, we, we got a lot of his insight. He came on the show. We talked baseball for about, it felt like an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, it was crazy. And ever since, it's almost been like a tradition. We've gone to opening day for the Mariners the last three years, and I've seen you two out of those three years. How you been, buddy? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. Oh, man, not not too bad, man. Just, uh, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I'm a big fan of the show, man. I, uh, you know, I've uh, I, I've slowly but surely came back around to the National Basketball Association, and I'll tell you what, man. I just wanted to call in, man, because I wanted to talk a little about talk a little bit about the Clippers curse, bro. Talk yeah. about it. Tell me what you, what's on your mind. I'll tell you what, man. This couldn't have been drawn up a little bit better for the Clippers, don't you think? I mean, Steph Curry is going to be out for at <laughs> yeah. least two years with a, excuse me, two weeks with a sprained MCL. If there was any opportunity for the Clippers to take advantage and possibly get to the Western Conference Finals, if not reach an NBA final, it was the right. path was there for him. And then Chris Paul fractures his hand. You can't make yeah. this stuff up, bro. You can't make it up. No. Yeah, and, and and the other thing too is you know what's funny is you bring that up. It, it couldn't have been a better time to it couldn't have been a better time for them to do what they did. But I mean, last year was another example. And, and I'll admit this as a Spurs fan watching the team last year, it was one of the greatest first round series I've ever seen. We lost mm-hmm. to the Clippers fair and square. That was one of the greatest fourth quarters of Game Seven I've ever seen in the first round ever. Chris Paul making that shot on a bum hamstring. They get mm-hmm. to the second round, and like you said, you know what a better opportunity! You beat the defending champions. You get to the next round, and you're all you got is the Rockets in front of you. And uh, and at the time, a kind and of you blow a nineteen, you, you 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 blow a nineteen exactly. point fourth quarter lead, and, and you're up three one in the series, and you lose three in a row. Only the ninth time in NBA history to lose well, three one means- up after up three one blowing the series. Like I said earlier, what better way to define the Clippers franchise than not only last year's postseason, but what has happened, you know, in the last 24 hours? This is, I mean, the franchise is worse than this. But if you if you want a a two year a two moment span to define a terrible terrible franchise, probably the worst franchise in the sport, those mm-hmm. are the two things you want to use to define it. I'll give you no, a third. I mean, I'll tell I'll you what, man, uh, with all due respect, Donald man, Oklahoma Sterling City is the worst franchise in the NBA, but hey, uh, yeah. I will say yeah, this. Right. <laughs> okay, well, here's the yeah. thing, man. What's kind of funny about this is now when you look at the Clippers, and I got to be honest with you, man, I, <laughs> now you're in a situation where you don't, you don't have your best player. You got J.J. Redick with a bum ankle, excuse me, a bum heel, and you got, a, you got, uh, you got Blake Griffin with a bum hamstring. It, it, it's funny to yeah. me, and now that I look at it, it's like, okay, great, so that's, that's it for the Clippers. Now what do you do moving forward? Because there's all this innuendo out there surrounding Chris Paul possibly going to Cleveland. Do you break it up? Do you break it up? Or do you, I mean, I understand, that, I understand yeah. that Chris Paul's got one more year left of the uh, – one, one, more, one more year left on his deal. But then again, if you can get Kyrie Irving in a trade and you know, you know exactly what LeBron said – you know exactly what LeBron said. He wants to play with Carmelo, wants to play True. with D Wade, wants to play with Kyra, excuse me, wants to play with Chris Paul. Does this? Do, do, I mean, do you guys? Do you guys see the Clippers? Do you see Steve Ballmer uh, keeping this thing intact, or do you see this I thing think, breaking uh, up? Because, because I got to be honest I with you, man. It's... It, I, I don't, I don't see how you can keep this Clipper, this Clipper team together. Because I mean, you got, you got two entities that really don't like each other. Why would you keep it together? Yeah. Well, no, the and, thing and, is, and I'll, and I'll speak. I'll speak on it first. I'll speak on it first, Andrew, and then I'll let you go uh, talk about it. Uh, what I what I have to say about it is, look, we know Steve Ballmer is is, is a high go guy. You know, obviously being with Microsoft up here in the Pacific Northwest uh, for the longest time. But 
Uh, at the same time, this Clipper team has shown over the last two and a half years, three years now, that they, and, and it's been said on multiple occasions, they don't have the it factor to win it. They have the talent. They have the players. They have the that. There's just something missing. And the problem that they, that, that, they, that they keep running into is that I feel like they keep not just hitting their ceiling, but they're hitting a wall. They're, they're, they can't get past this certain wall of being a championship qualifying team. They can't finish out games the way they should finish out games as a more talented, dominant team. There were times last year in the regular season, late in the year, that they did that. But once they hit postseason time, for some reason, they can't get past a wall. And like you said, there's this fluky nature about them that they find ways to either get hurt or they just choke or something happens to the organization. Maybe a stirrup does need to happen. Andrew, what was your take? No, I'm almost willing to bet at this point. You know, I'd almost put money on it that either Chris Paul or Blake Griffin is gone. Um, yep. Whether they can make the Kevin Durant fall in love with the idea of playing with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan, which I think is easy. I think that's an easy choice if I'm Kevin Durant and make a nice little sign and trade with Blake Griffin. Um, that's that's dream scenario for L.A. And then best case for Oklahoma City if if. Katie was to leave. Um, now Blake or Chris Paul getting traded is probably to Cleveland. Now if Chris Paul goes to Cleveland, what else you're going to see? And this is a little bit off topic, but you're also probably going to see maybe D Wade sign a nice little contract, LeBron take a nice little pay cut, and then maybe that last domino falls to Kevin Love going to New York. Maybe I'm not. I'm I'll not do you one better. The brotherhood playing together next year. Mm. I'll do you one better. How about this? How about this? What if what if all that happens? What if what if Kevin Durant falls in love with the idea of playing for LA, and they have to split with one of the two, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin? What if this were to happen? What if they traded uh, Blake Griffin to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Kevin Love, and they had Kevin Love, DeAndre Jordan, uh, uh, Kevin Durant, and then you had uh, and then you had uh, Chris Paul and JJ Redick on the outside with Jamal Crawford and the rest of that bench? That's a scary team. Then in Cleveland. They get D. Wade, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, who knows, maybe Carmelo comes, and maybe a guy in uh, DeMar, maybe DeMar DeRozan decides to show up. I'm just we're saying. No, we're it, it, this we're is, Man, DeRozan's going to the Lakers, bro. DeRozan's <laughs> going to the Lakers. But I'll, I'll say this, man. I got to be honest with you, man. I don't see Kevin Durant going anywhere except for Miami. Um, and when you look at Miami – Listen, man, call me crazy. I just don't think Kevin Durant's going to end up in L.A. I don't think he's going to end up with the Lakers just because that's a train wreck, and I don't, I don't care what you say. The Lakers' job is not a good job for a head coach. I don't care it is for a free agent. Man, the Lakers have so many problems. Amen. That, dude, seriously, I mean, Karen, if you're Kevin Durant, yes. you, the yes. last thing you want to do, you, you're not trying to rebuild. You're trying to win right now. He's already been through rebuilding in Oklahoma City. The last thing he wants to do is go to a situation where he's going to be three years away from the playoffs. And I, I, and I don't I wanna, care I even if you get DeRozan. And and Kevin Durant, the Lakers are still not going to the playoffs, uh, and that's not going to change hearing, at all. Have you guys been hearing the interviews that Jeannie Buss has been having on the on the radio lately? Oh my goodness! I heard Colin Coward today, and look, and I, I listened to him today. Jeannie Buss was on there live, and you talk about the pressing questions that Colin Coward put her way. The interview she had on the radio a, a couple of days prior to that about how. She wasn't, she wasn't aware of the Byron Scott circumstance. Okay, as a Laker fan, you're thinking, what's going on? What the heck? And then on Colin, on Colin Cowherd's show, she's sitting there saying, I didn't really know. I really liked Byron Scott's circumstance. Okay, you don't want – if I'm a fan of the Lakers, I don't want my ultimate head of the totem pole person saying, I thought a guy with our team winning 17 games – was good for the job on top of on top of then backtracking and saying when Colin Coward asked you the question of what are the Lakers about what is their legacy is it was it more of a Kobe retirement last year or are they more about wins backing it up and then saying oh no the, the Lakers are all about winning games are you sure are you lying to the public and saying no it was a cash grab the final two three months of the season to try and get people to send well, them money. to Staples Center to and what, go. It's what, a joke. what what that says is, I'm sorry, Lakers fans, but guess who's making decisions again? Oh, good old Jimmy James. Oh, so one listen, of the worst decision makers ever. I mean, listen, man, ever. I, he, 
He destroyed the greatest NBA franchise of all time. He destroyed it. And, and now he it sounds like he's back at top. Here's the deal, man. If you remember, if you remember back in the day, and this was after the second go-round of Showtime Lakers, when all the dust settled and Magic, you know, Magic had to retire and Kareem had to retire, and what you had left was Nick Van Exel and you had Anthony Peel and Vladi Divac, at least Lakers. They weren't great, but they were mediocre. But what the, the one thing that they had was assets that other teams coveted, and you can put yourself in a position to get Eddie Jones, and you had the position to put yourself into, uh, in a position to get Shaq and also Kobe. These Lakers don't have one single asset that any team can, uh, you know, covets, and I'll tell you what, man, if I'm a head coach, I'm staying away from the Lakers. And if I'm a free agent, I'm staying yes. away from the Lakers. And as far as Kevin Durant goes, I don't even see him being a viable option for the Clippers. Because you know what? I don't, think, I don't think Doc Rivers is a good fit for Kevin Durant. I actually think if you get Pat Riley and Kevin Durant into a room by themselves, sparks are gonna, the chemistry is going to fly. The, the, you know, the appropriate sparks are going to fly. And it's going to be the same thing as when LeBron went down there. Because I'll tell you what, man, he doesn't have to be – the number one option down there, he can just be, you know, the superstar that he is. And when you put him in, a, you put him in the same lineup with Justin, with Justice Winslow and Joe Johnson and Dwayne Wade and some of those other pieces down there. I'll tell you what, man. I don't care what Cleveland does. I don't care what they right. do with bringing in Chris Paul. That is a championship team. Yeah, that but is a championship here's team. Where I just, Kevin Durant in Miami is a championship team. I, I think Durant. If he's smart, if his people are smart, they're going to realize, wait a minute, we got one, maybe two years to win this championship in Miami. I mean, D-Wade's not getting any younger. Joe Johnson's not getting any younger. Luol Deng's not getting any younger. Chris right. Bosch, not the pieces younger. are there, though. That's my point, though. The pieces are there they for are a two-year run. For how long? For how long? I know you got Justice Winslow. I know you got Richardson. But those guys aren't going to be D-Wade. Those guys aren't going to be Chris Bosh. I mean, Justice might be, you know, an all-star level player, but – but, I mean, okay, so let me ask you this question, though. I mean, who cares if it's only a two-year window? If you win one, isn't it worth the five-year contract? If you win yes, one, no, you, yeah, got, you got the ring. for a guy like Kevin Durant, who's very soon he's going to start getting the LeBron treatment of, oh, uh, who has this many rings and who has zero? Who's got that and who's got that? I think That's another viable Price option. Not there yet. I think – I think another viable option for Kevin Durant, and this is this is just not because we're on CLNS Radio through Boston programming, but it's I'm telling you, if Kevin Durant walked into the, the Celtics right now, oh, ring it up. I'm God. telling you, ring, ring it Ooh. up. Ring it up. Because that team has every single ounce of, of stability. They have Brad Stevens. And I was thinking about this today as I was at work. You know, you talk about Steph Curry being the MVP, but look, in reality, that team – Isaiah I Thomas, this, man. I said this yesterday. This team is well. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is the head of that snake. Look, we talk about we talk about great players. We talk about great players in the league. LeBron James is an unbelievable player. He is a great player, and that team now is turning into where he's the head of the snake. Just because you're the head of the snake doesn't necessarily make you the most valuable. Though now, now LeBron's way more valuable than pretty much anybody in the league because without him, that team is a 30-win team. We know that based upon two years ago. We know that, but. From the standpoint of when you talk about best players on the best teams, when you talk about the Boston Celtics, Isaiah Thomas is just the head of the snake. If they had a better head of the snake, that team's scary. Brad Stevens, uh, he's been there for three years. His system is in place. That team's chemistry is probably one of the most legit chemistries in the league. And then you add a guy, and what if somehow, and I know maybe it wouldn't fit from a, connect, from a connection standpoint, but if they picked up a guy like Hassan Whiteside and got KD, I'm telling you, wrap it up. I'm wrap, I'm telling you, wrap it up in the East. I mean, it would be Boston Celtics Cavaliers for the next, it's for not the a next stretch. five years. I'm telling you, for the next four or five years, it would be constant Eastern Conference Finals with maybe Detroit, obviously, Andrew, as they would develop. Detroit would get into the conversation, but the East would come back. I'm telling you, it would come back the precedent, and that would, would would change the Western Conference. But back to the point real quick before I let you go back to your talk, topic. Uh, you know, Steph Curry is only the head of the snake in Golden State. Great, great, great team, great organization, great foundation. Steph Curry is a great player, but he's the head of the snake. You talk about LeBron, head of the snake, great team now, but he created that. You talk about Kawhi Leonard. He's a great player, but he's only the head of the snake. That is what Boston has. And if KD goes there, and if Hassan or some other player of, you know, a grade B, grade C-plus level goes there, you've got to start wrapping it up with, with Boston and start saying that is a legit championship contending team. Mm. 
I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, Simo. I'll tell you what, man. You probably didn't know this, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I I know KD a little bit from his time back well, here. Yeah. His time, time back here in Seattle, man. Back in the day, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. I used to I, you know, I used to go to Sonic, uh, the, you know, the Sonics headquarters, and used to talk to that kid. And I'll tell you what, man. For a superstar, he's about as laid back as you can possibly be. And you know what? He is one of those type of kids that will listen. That's, that's the difference between him and Russell Westbrook. That's the difference between him and Kobe Bryant or yes. even, dare I even say it, him and LeBron James. He will listen. He, he will let you sell you on the idea. And what's kind of funny, it's not far-fetched because I'll tell you what, the Celtics got cap space. The Celtics got cap space yes, in order to sign KD. They it. also got draft picks yeah. as well too. So it's not like it's not like it's un- inconceivable for KD to say, okay, well, listen, you got a coach, you got a system, you got you got the dude from the two five three who, by the way, Curtis High School, University of Washington. You know exactly. Yes, Simo, you know, ten miles You know, down you know what's going down with baby. Isaiah Thomas. Don't even <laughs> act like you don't know that talent came out of the uh, Puget region. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Oh, you yeah. got you got a you got a super you got a budgeting superstar uh, uh, in Isaiah Thomas, and all you have to do is get get by uh, LeBron. That's that's it. That's 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 my whole point. I guess I, I guess when it comes down to when it comes down to KD and his his impending uh, his impending movement, why stay in the West when the East is completely wide open? And the only thing you have to do is get by get by LeBron James, which by the way is actually not hard at all. You can get by LeBron James. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I you can get say by LeBron. Hard. On, don't, act, don't act like you can't get by LeBron. But, yeah, but, it's, but, but okay, over time, over time, yes, because he's getting older, but right now and maybe next year, I wouldn't say that. That team is way better than last year, and they're getting better. But, but I see what you're saying. Down the road, yes, it will get easier because he's getting older. And, the, and who knows what the changes and whatnot right now? Definitely not. But, yes, down the road, I can see what you're saying. Speaking of, before I let you go, I wanted to get yep. you on this, Steve. What's the circumstance that here? I, and I'm here. I'm here, yep. man. I'm, I am in Lakewood. You know where I'm at. Um, but what is the circumstance here with the Seattle Supersonics and, and, and what's going on there in the Soto all right. District? All right. So, all right. So, and, uh, and, and again, thank you for asking that question. Um, so, as you guys know, the, MO, the MO, uh, memorandum of understanding has been in place for the last couple of years now. Um, it's been approved by the King County, the, the, the King County uh, Council, also the Seattle City Council, and also privately speaking with uh, Chris Hansen. So there's a deal in place to put a, put a new arena down in the Soto District. Um, and recently it just went to the subcommittee, the transportation subcommittee, to vacate a piece of Occidental Avenue to place the new arena. I mean, you, you, have, you can't just put arena because you, you can't just put arena anywhere. You actually have to go through the certain channels and you have to, you know, right. move different things. And you also have to appease certain other entities that have been trying to get certain streets and bypasses and overheads to make it, to, you know, to make it completely just logistical. And so it passed the uh, transportation subcommittee. So it, it, it passed four to one. Um, and unanimously, they would have vacated if it was 5-0. But of course, you know, there's always one. You know, there's always, there's always one negative Nelly who just has to be a contrarian, and so she just decided, okay, cool, I don't want to vacate the street. It passed a 4-1. But what that does mean is it goes to the full uh, Seattle City Committee for a vote, which is expected to pass. Um, and then also, once it does pass, that means you get the master permit use, the master uh, use permits, which means you can actually build. Um, but there is also there is also some language in this meeting um, that basically said, okay, cool. Here's the thing: if Chris Hansen meets some of these other things, um, it would make the city the city of Seattle be a little bit more easily influenced. Um, because quite honestly, the city of Seattle doesn't want to spend money. Let's let's just put that in the forefront. Yep. They really don't want we to all spend know that. money. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. But the port of Seattle needs certain things in order to get you know, to get, you know, trains and also trucks into their port. Um, and they've been asking for an, they've been asking for an overpass that would make it streamlined, easy to get from the freeway to the ports, which is what they need. And so basically what the city, city of Seattle said is, okay, cool, here's the deal, man. We will vacate this portion of the street, but if you can make sure that the port is taken care of, this will make this, will make this a smoother transition. And so basically what the city of Seattle said, the city of Seattle basically said, okay, cool. We'll vacate the street if you give the port what they want out of your own pocket. And 
Um, I would probably assume that Chris Hansen is going to be like, okay, cool, let's just get this deal done. So if Chris yeah. Hansen says, okay, cool, guess what? That's the whole that that that's a wrap, and it's gonna it, it's gonna mean that this arena will actually take flight, which is actually a good the, the, which is actually a good thing. The bad thing is, yes. okay, well here's the thing: there's there's language in the MOU that basically says you can't build until you secure an NBA team. But also think of it this way: he owns the land. He owns the land. This is not this is not city owned uh, city owned land. He owns right. the land. So if they vacate, they vote to vacate. He can actually, and he gets the master use permits. He can actually build without their permission. Now, granted, it's in the MOU that he agreed to that. So I would probably assume that he's going to wait. But if there's no, if there's no, you know, if there's no site on the horizon from the NBA that says, okay, cool, we're going to give you an expansion team. Why wouldn't you just build? You know what I mean? Right. Like, why wouldn't you just build? You guys, and yeah. I, and I, I, I know. You guys are having some Seattle love right now, dreaming about the Sonics coming back. Um, but I do have to explain to the listeners who may be driving in their car doing something, get a chance to watch this game. So Paul George got double teamed with one second left, passed it off to Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill took the shot live. It looked good. It made it in. looked good uh, as far as the buzzer goes. You look at the replay. I mean, he literally missed it by a hundredth of a second, guys. I mean, wow. this was one of the closest buzzer beaters I've ever seen. It, I mean, a hundredth of a second. It was probably more than an inch and a half off of his fingers. Yeah. An inch and a half, so, when, or you know, before the uh, inch and a half away from being off of his fingers before that buzzer went. So the the Pacers the the, win. Yeah, the Pacers lose. The Raptors 102. do win. Chris, you owe me five dollars. I do. I owe you five. Crap. So uh, <laughs> well, from that five dollars. Yes. Wow. Uh, I know. I know. Right. Hey. Well, it was a live thing, so I'm just, right. you know, I just threw money out there. I was, but yeah. Right. Uh. Anyway. Uh. Hey. Uh. Steve Silver. Really, really good to have you on. Always, always feel free to call in. And I know me and you got a thing going that we're going to probably start here soon. So we know what's up. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely no, hit I'll, you I'll up I'll say this, man. I, I just want to say thank you, yeah. man, because you guys are actually really fun uh, to talk to. You guys are actually really fun to listen to. I, I listen to you guys every opportunity that I can get. Um, like Appreciate I said, it, man, um, I'm, 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 I'm more of a, a Major League Baseball, NFL, soccer guy. But I'll tell you what, man. Um, as we get closer to the NBA returning back to Seattle, I've kind of kept a peripheral of the NBA, so I kind of like to keep the pulse of the NBA, and you guys do a really fantastic job, man. Um, before I go, man, uh, I'm just going to say it right now, congratulations to the city of Cleveland. I'm really happy that you guys are about to celebrate a championship because you guys are going to win the NBA championship champion this year. You guys are going to be hoisting uh, the yep. – uh, the, yep. Larry O'Brien Trophy is going to the city of Cleveland. They're going to celebrate a championship. I'm calling it right now. I don't care if Steph Curry comes back. LeBron is going to deliver yep. what he's supposed to deliver yep. this year. Yep, and that's really Steve, I got to let you have yeah, it. That's, yep. so. yep. that's one of my favorite things. Thanks, that's guys. probably the favorite thing you've said this whole time. You're well, welcome. Thank you, Steve. Coming out. appreciate the kind words, man. Yep. All right, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one. Thank you. Um, and, and Chris, yeah, Chris that's, real fast. Uh, yeah, um, he he did yeah. mention soccer, and that is some other breaking news from today. It sure seems like Dan Gilbert, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers owner, along with Tom Gorris, the Detroit Pistons owner, as you know, Dan Gilbert has a lot of ties to Detroit. Um, he's really help. Uh, he's really helping making this city come back to to its former greatness, uh, from the '60s and '70s, which is why you know you don't have to like the Cavs, but. But if you live here in Detroit, you have to respect Dan Gilbert and all he does for the people of this city. Um, they were hinting today that the city of Detroit will get an MLS stadium and an MLS team, which, you know, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I do enjoy soccer, and I am pumped for this, man. I, I, I've i wanted an MLS team here bad, um, and it looks like we're finally going to get it. And you know, Dan Gilbert and Tom Gorris, aren't the type of guys who are going to be cheap. They're going to go out and they're going to get some players who shouldn't be playing in the MLS because they're going to offer them ridiculous amounts of money. I hope so. I hope that's the case for them in Detroit. we got about 30 seconds left on the live show, but uh, Andrew, before we get out of here, anything major you want to talk about? Wink, wink, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Yes, we have added a new writer. Um, uh, You know, it's, we're, we're really trying to grow this team. 
His name is Jack Buckingham. You can go follow him on Twitter at NBA Talk Always. His first article will be going up later tonight. Um, it's about, you know, the media and how it affects everybody's portrayal of these players, something me and Chris talk about a lot. When I saw that article, yeah. I saw how wonderful it is. Um, I read it. I, I, I examined it, and it was tremendous. And to say he has a bright future out of him, I know I'm young. I'm only 18. He's 16 years old. He is 16 years old, and he is writing. I mean, this article is fantastic. We got, we, we got, and, and on top of that, you know, there was a couple grammar mistakes. It's going to happen with any writer, especially when you get passionate. You just start really going at it. Um, do have uh, an editor, at least we hope. We've talked about it today. Uh, shout him out on the show before Michael Hicks. He was listening. Uh, he said his internet's going kooky on us, so we don't know if he's listening now. But it sure seems like he is going to be our new editor, um, a guy who actually went to school the first couple of semesters for uh, journalism, switched over to accounting, but he knows his stuff. Um, so he's going to make sure we're all good on that front. And, and it's an exciting day for the Hoopers log. Again, welcome, Jack. Uh, talk, again, at NBA Talk Always. Uh, welcome to the team. We're looking forward to this article and many more. Again, it should be posted within the hour, guys, so make sure you check it out. TheHooper'sLog.com is the name of the website. Um, might even do a little uh, thing on YouTube introducing him, going over his article, seeing, you know, if we agree or disagree with each point, that would be fun. Um, but, again, welcome, Jack. Uh, we're excited to have you. Everybody, go give him a follow and make sure you check out um, his article later on tonight. Absolutely. Uh, that is episode 126, and we are out of here. Obviously, game one in the books from today. Celtics and Hawks are going to get it going. Raptors take that game. Our show tomorrow is at the old time. Yes, back in the, with the throwback day tomorrow. Co-host will be hosting Andrew Norris. The show will be at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. A quick one tomorrow. Definitely a quick show. I'll be on it for the first 10 minutes, and then after that, we'll get back to our living lives, and then we'll be back for the regularly timed show on Thursday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Anything else, Andrew, before we get out of here? Thank you all for listening. The, the listens have been going up so much. Um, it, it's been amazing, guys. We just want to keep growing, and as I say every time, peace. It has been an unbelievable show. A lot of topics, a lot of information. Enjoy the basketball and enjoy the postseason. Thank you again, everybody. It's been a great one, man. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, different time, different place. But after that, back to normal. Have a good one.